Pirates War Horse telling you to sit down, shut up, open your ears, and listen to Cut Out with Mike and Tyler. We are live, pals. Welcome to another edition of the Bill After Sealer Approved. Count it out with Mike and Tyler. You had to scan a barcode to get into this week's episode, Mike. <laughs> nah, just kidding. My name is Tyler, and I am joined, as always, by the one and only Mojito Mike. Mike, cheers, man. It's been a while since we've sat down and not done an interview. It's been right. five five weeks since you and I have been together and done a list. It's uh, Yeah, I, I forgot what the whole gimmick of the show was. Um, what, do you mean last... it's not interviewing Hall of Famers? Right. Oh, even shit. La- even last week, we were supposed to have a list for you, and uh, Adam and I recorded the majority of a list, and technical difficulties made it so that list was never finished. So we'll have uh, a special list for you as a YouTube uh as a YouTube exclusive one day. We'll be yes. finishing. Oh, excuse me. I need to make sure I didn't delete that list, actually. I should go back into the archives of my recycling bin and make sure that it's not in there. <laughs> I'd appreciate that. <laughs> on that list. But we are back finally with a list, and uh, you came up with this list at the, at the last uh, minute, inspired by something that happened less than 24 hours ago at Extreme Rules. Yeah, as we record this, of course, because this gets released on Thursdays, but we record on Monday nights, as our loyal listeners know, all three of you. Thank you very much, guys. Um, yeah, let's let's just jump right into it, man. Bray Wyatt made a triumphant return to the company last night. It's what inspired my list this week, the top seven Bray Wyatt moments. Not Husky Harris, not, it's Bray Wyatt. Uh, and I'm yeah. not counting last night towards the list because that's what inspired the list. So that moment, and we're going to talk about it now. So there's no point to put on the list and talk about it again, right? Exactly. Yeah. Let's uh, let's just go right back to the beginning of it, Mike. What do you think about the way they built up the return of Bray Wyatt and then the overall execution of the return? I, I loved it. Um, the whole White Rabbit thing. It was very cryptic, very weird, very strange, very Bray Wyatt. Um, it was both subtle and obvious at the same time. It's the best way like, to do it. Exactly. Like, like you knew it was Bray. You always knew it was Bray, but there was always this thing of maybe it's not Bray. Who do you, you know think? What I mean? so, is there anybody else that could have fit that other than Bray? To, if you're asking me, no, I don't think so. Would you have been satisfied? Uh, not, 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 not someone that's not already with the company. Would you have been satisfied if that was uh, those QR codes and all that, uh, you know, weird, like, internet-looking stuff and creepy stuff was the return of retribution? <laughs> I thought we didn't say that word on this show. Ah, uh, one time only. One time only. Um, no, like, like that would have fit a character. Like, I, like let's say... Sammy Callahan was bringing his hacker character back or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, uh, yeah, that would work. But um, the White Rabbit, everything, everything they did, everything that Wyatt did while he was at the company and everything that 
Wyndham Rotunda has done since he's been gone, because he's been doing these cryptic little thing on his own on his own personal Twitter. You know, he this is this is him. This is him in a nutshell. So it all made sense for him. Um, again, it's one of those things where it was you knew it was Bray, but you didn't know it was Bray until you saw Bray, and until we saw that giant adult-sized version of Hoskis the pig. You didn't ex- you didn't know what it was until he showed up, and then we saw him, and man, it was crazy. Uh, all those like adult sized versions of the puppets from the Fireflies, uh, uh, Firefly Funhouse, um, the cool, the two cool little nods they did to uh, to Brody Lee. I'm yeah, I, I really like that. You know, um, a lot of really cool things. It was, I it, think it was it was a, cool, it was a re- very cool moment, uh, and they did it perfectly at the very end. We got our main event. They even put that little thing in the corner. Yeah. That, you know, that they always put. That's a very NXT move, up. eh? That's a very yeah. NXT move. You know, you know, when that thing shows up, they're about to go off the air. So that goes up and it puts you in, as a fan, it puts you into the panic. You're we're like, all, we're, we were supposed to get White Rabbit. We were supposed to get White Rabbit. And then the lights go out. We're almost Holy at a point. Hey, we're almost at a point where I think we can do a top seven moments that happen <laughs> after the logo, like the 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 thing in the bottom corner happens. Like they said, they're doing that more and more now, right? Yeah, like yeah. you know, with Champa and Gargano, they've done it a few times. Top, that's a, a future that's maybe three years away. I think. <laughs> um, to me, I'm most impressed about this that this whole angle started and got buzz during a commercial break on SmackDown. Right. That's so cool that, like, they just dim the lights. And, you know, you and I have been to enough wrestling shows, and and I'm sure the people listening to this show have been to enough wrestling shows that you know when commercials are happening, if there's no match going on, nothing's happening. Right? And they just sit there and, and dim the lights and play White Rabbit and... And then the red lights at the end, and people are like, holy fuck, Bray Wyatt's back. And they knew right then. And then the QR code stuff, I thought it was great. Very different. Uh, I'd like to know how much of that was Triple H. I'd like to know how much of that was Bray, uh, what their collaboration was like. I'm going to say that's 60-40 on on Bray's favor. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Um, Um, It was so... It was... It's very cool. It's very obvious that, that Triple H just, like... Do what you want. So it's so, so, so you tell me what we're going to do. I Where think do you, that's how, how yeah. if we were to do a list of top seven comebacks of all time uh, and including this one on it, where would you rank it in your list? Would it make your list? Would it be it would make top seven list, returns? I, sorry. I, 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 I'm not going to tell you that because that is a list that's going to happen soon. That's a great one list of idea. Us will, one of us will be doing that list sooner than later. So I don't I'm, like, not, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil that. I don't like that people are already comparing. Oh, what was better, this or Punk's return? They're, who gives a fuck what was better? They were both awesome moments. Who cares? Why are we comparing this? And it was a year ago that Punk returned. Yeah. And who cares? The only I like, time I want to, only time I want to see you guys compare things is when you're listing them in sevens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or if you're leaving comments in our comments, <laughs> well, then we'll, we'll have some discussions. You know? you know, let us know what you guys like as your favorite returns of all time as well. Like, you know, let us know what your favorite Bray Wyatt uh, moments were. Hit the subscribe button. We're really pushing hard on YouTube, trying to bring you guys a lot of exclusive content on there, a lot of uh, you know, good content. You know what I also like about this return that they did that's very different? Bray just came out. 
he didn't get involved in the match. He didn't get involved with a person. He didn't get he didn't he didn't do a run in. He didn't um, go face to face with somebody. You know what I mean? He just came out, stood there, and then it was done. Yeah, that's all he needed. I'm that's all he needed. I'm very excited to see what the the number the rating number for Raw will be tonight uh, as we record this tonight. For sure, because uh, you know there's that buzz, right? I knew yeah. something big happened. Because you, Jonah, Steve Bourne, and about three other people all messaged me like, are you watching Extreme Rules? Uh, I think Steve actually might have spoiled it for me. But <laughs> classic Steve with the spoilers. But Steve, always Steve. always ask us if we're watching. We work in restaurants. Uh, and Steve will be coming on the show in, in a few weeks. I did actually sit will down we, and will, I recorded with them. I recorded oh, okay. with them already. It's in the can. After, after, after that, I, I, I think you should throw it in the can. <laughs> I don't know if he, I can't remember if you actually spoiled Bray or not. And he, he said something that I was like, I'm not watching. I'm not watching. I think Jonah almost spoiled it for me too. But I mean, with the moment that big, it's hard not to, man. It was really cool. I immediately, about a half hour later, I was able to sit down and watch it. Uh, yeah, it was good stuff, man. I, I really liked it. Uh, I got a couple of things I the, want to the, talk the, about. The pay-per-view as a whole was really good. I, I enjoyed the pay-per-view. I haven't got to watch any of it yet, and I haven't got to actually watch Bound for Glory yet, which I want to talk about in a minute. Uh, I've got my my matches that I'm planning to go through and watch. I'm going to definitely watch Edge and Finn Balor. Uh, yeah. I and I want to let's let's stick with Finn Balor right now tonight on Raw. A couple of really big returns. One that surprised the hell out of me. Gallows and and Gallows and Anderson who I didn't see this coming, man. They were very vocal about their um treatment on the way out of the company. If you've ever yeah. listened to any of their stuff, and especially towards Triple H and Paul Heyman. Yeah. Uh they they were not fans of Papa H there, as everybody's calling them now, and and the way that he handled it, and, and they felt like they lied that he lied right to their face. You know, you your family extend with us. Now, obviously, I, it wasn't Triple H's call to cut them, but yeah. they were holding some resentment towards him. So, obviously, they've sat down and worked everything out. Um, and and let's be honest, man, money talks. Oh, 100%, especially with those guys. And, and yeah. I I respect it because they're very clear. They're here for money. You know, yeah. they get it. This is a business. They they have their love. Obviously, they love what they do. And Triple H knows that. Triple and, H. Triple H knows, like these guys, these guys are draws. I'm going to pay them because they're draws. I mean, they've got families and they got to pay bills. Very interesting that Anderson's still the New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, Never Openweight Champion. So that's yeah. kind of cool. That's interesting. Very, very cool. Um, I do feel like Triple H would be more open to letting these guys do things than than Vince ever was. Yeah, I think so too, uh, and that's but that's evolving where the business is going now. You know what I mean? Exactly. When Vince yeah. took over, it was him against everybody, yeah. and the wrestling companies were too stubborn to work together because they all had egos. Yeah. It's not like that anymore, and and you can thank Impact Wrestling for that, in my opinion, because they've been so say, open hey. and and they're showing that you can work together. Very wrestling. Just ran a great show on Saturday, which I actually got to ring announce for. That's why I'm a little raspy in the voice today. I uh, I almost had a massive voice crack when I was introducing young Jay Lee, a uh, friend of the show, because I was just so pumped up. He's such a great guy. Uh, Van Land and Isaiah Cross tore the house down in their match. 
Holden Albright turning heel on Van Landen. Got some explaining to do. Uh, he also has said, if you want to hear that explanation, you got to pay for it on his Patreon because that man ain't working for free. I bring up Holden for a reason, though. Um, I want to talk about something that I, I think is really important. And if you guys are in the Toronto area, especially uh, because this is doable, uh, it's going to be on Saturday, November the 5th. Uh, there will be some live pro wrestling. It is going to be the Arthur uh, Caulfield Memorial Show with all proceeds going directly to uh, the Caulfield family. Uh, Arthur was Holden's father who passed away uh, tragically and unexpectedly uh, about a month and a, a month ago or two months ago now. Um, Holden is such a great guy and he's so giving to everybody. The advice that I, I, I just observing, you know, as a fly in the wall, just watching him interact with his fans interact with with the other performers the younger talent uh the training he does with crossbody pro wrestling with the younger talent he's just such a great guy and if there's anything that we can do uh, to help promote this show i want to do it because uh, he just he has I, I just have so much respect for him as a human being i love the man to death if you guys are in the area it is saturday november the 5th 6 30 p.m it is at the battle arts academy 4880 Tompkin Road in Mississauga, Ontario. Um, I don't know exactly the show details yet. Other than that, it looks like Alexi Nicole will be on the show. Looks like Gabriel Fuerza will be on the show. Space Monkey and I believe Pretty Ricky as well, uh, which is just some amazing talent from the, the Canadian scene. So if you guys are able to attend and do any type of supporting at all, we would appreciate it here. Um I'm gonna to try to talk to Holden and, and get some more information about the show. I really want to. I I, I really want to be there. And uh, Holden, if you listen, we love you, buddy. Maybe, but t- maybe, take it uh, easy on Van. Take it easy on Van Landon. Maybe we'll even bring Holden on the show to talk about the. Uh... I think that's yeah. I'll reach out to him. I think that's a great idea. Uh, let's talk real quick. Uh, also, Brock Lesnar returned tonight while we were talking about Raw. I forgot to mention that setting up a match with Bobby Lashley. I thought that was cool. Let's cool. talk. Let's talk a little bit about um, Bound for Glory, Mike. Uh, I don't want to go over the whole show, but um, you've got... I'm only halfway through, so... <laughs> do you... Are there are there any matches, though, that you don't know what happens? No, like... the, no the, ones I wa- the ones I haven't watched yet have been spoiled for me, unfortunately. All right, well, I just... I want to talk about just the 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 main event scene, then. Um, okay. I want to talk about Josh Alexander. He successfully retained his title against Eddie Edwards. Sounded like the match was amazing. Probably was. Bully Ray won the Call Your Shot Gauntlet. I want to know yeah. your take on it. I, I really like this, and I want to know I what you don't think. Ha- I don't have a take on it yet because I ha- I want to watch it. I want to see how the match went down. I want to see how Bully performed in the match. I want to see how Bully won. I want to see that uh, face-off with Bully and uh, Josh at the end. Until I see that with my own eyes, I can't make a call on this. Okay. I have um, seen the I, face-off. I think, so... I, I think there's some variables here. On paper, first glance, I wasn't a fan. Uh-huh. But like you and I spoke off camera, the idea of one of the biggest names in TNA history going against Josh Alexander and possibly putting over Josh is a big deal for Josh. Yeah. Josh hasn't Josh hasn't defeated that. Like the biggest name Josh, and this is nothing against the guy, but the biggest name Josh has beat so far in his title reign has been Alex Shelley, you know, uh, and 
Alex Shelley is amazing, but Bully Ray is a former world champion. He's a former headliner. He's, you know what I mean? This guy's a this big, could, he's a big this, player, man. Bully Ray's a big this, player. This could, be, this, this could be a big thing for Josh. So, I agree. That, that's I my I'm take okay. on it. My take on it is exactly that. If Bully Ray can give Josh that rub, I think it's fantastic. If Bully Ray beats yeah. Josh, I'm going to be pissed unless there's more of a story to be told that ends up elevating Josh even further, right? Uh, and it's been the, the the one thing with Impact Wrestling that I just think it's always been their biggest problem is they don't have that, like, one face of the company. You know, they never had their, like, John C- Like, not since AJ Styles, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, yeah. and Josh, not a knock on Josh because he's been such an incredible champion and the list of matches that he's put on him and great for people like us that watch Impact. But, but we need to grow that yeah. audience. And a guy like Bully exactly. Ray is a great guy to bring in, grow that audience, and, and give that rub to Josh, you know? Eddie Edwards and Josh. It, I've got another name for you, too. Eddie, well, let me just finish my point, and I want to hear it. Yeah. Eddie Edwards and Josh is a fantastic wrestling match, a fantastic main event, but Eddie doesn't have that name that Bully Ray does. Moose doesn't have that name that Bully Ray does. You know what I mean? Like, all Alex Shelley, all these guys, and Josh is hitting... They're, they're having banger matches. I put 100%. them up against any matches that you've seen all year, but they're not drawing in that viewer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Impact is just kind of doing their thing, and their their thing is better than anything else on the planet. So I'm hoping that Bully Ray can bring in some new eyes to Impact. And I, I want to hear your name. Can you imagine? I don't know if he's got it in him to go toe-to-toe with Josh these days, but can you imagine former TNA champion Kurt Angle? Or Coming in against Josh. Kurt Angle's last match. Book it, Conrad Thompson. There you go. Um, last last thing I want to talk about before we get on to the list. I want to talk about your boy, Nick Gage. Yeah, baby. New GCW champion. Brand new GCW champion. Championship um, versus career. Did it could have hear- went either way, man. It could have went either way because... Uh, you were kind of they were alluding that Nick might be ready to hang it up. But once uh once Mox uh signed that, that extension with AEW, they didn't really say what his contract stated on his indie on his indie dates, so who knows? Did you hear Did you hear the backstage issues about that match? No. Um and again, not a good listen to the Bash AEW show and, and I'm gonna sorry AEW, but you know it's a bad look for AEW, I think, in my opinion. Um, AEW did not want um, Moxley to do the show. And Moxley insisted that he was going to finish his GCW run out. And they hadn't wanted him to do GCW for a little while, I think. That's me speculating, but I know for sure that they didn't want Moxley um, on this show. And Moxley insisted to do it because Moxley is fucking awesome. Because Moxley's a man of his word. And yeah. he's their champion. Yeah, and, and he's got the history of he Gage. Yep, he, he, he had to go drop the belt, for sure. Uh, apparently, GCW had no say in the way that the booking of the match was going to go down. And that's why see, you had the see, interference. That's Brett's, that's Brett's fault. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it's not just Brett's fault. Like, who gives a shit if Moxie loses Nick Gage? Does it really affect what he does on no, AEW? I- I mean, that's Brett's fault for giving in. That's his program. Why are you letting some other guy tell you how to run your fucking they probably, program? They probably wouldn't let Moxie do the show if not. Uh, 
but um yeah so that's why you got the the interference from big Cass and from uh, uh i can't remember the manager's name stonehart or strickland or i can't remember his name right now but um that's why you got the the interference leading to that match so again shame on you AEW. all right i'm done bashing aw you want to do a list do you remember how to do this do a list um let me let me go get a drink all right All right, Mike, you topped up. You ready to do this? Because I'm Let's not editing it. that out, so uh, you better be topped up. <laughs> All right, here we go. Top seven Bray Wyatt career moments. This could include some matches, not a lot. Like I, I didn't. I'm not really making this a match list, but there are some that probably will sneak I've, on there. I've got matches, but not matches. I've got moments in matches. Okay, right? cool. So, so yeah. Um. This this is kind of just what I've enjoyed that Bray Wyatt has done. Because I, I don't know, like, I've always liked Bray Wyatt, but I'm not, like, as into him as everybody else is. You know what I mean? I, I love what he does. Like, but, like, I'm not, like, it's not like Bray Wyatt's my guy. You know what I mean? Right. I just respect the hell out of him and think he does awesome stuff. So these are the moments that I personally find um, entertaining or memorable that Bray has done. I, I know I'm missing a lot of stuff. And and leave me the comments. I know I'll probably miss some big ones. So leave me the comments if, if you do. Uh, and, and we'll go from there. But I'm going to start off with my one of my favorite debuts of all time. And my number seven is the debut of the Wyatt family on Monday Night Raw when they attack Kane. Right. I love this angle. Um, I've never seen anything like this before. The right. way that they did this with and Kane was the perfect first opponent for Bray too yes. on the main yes, roster, especially yeah. at that time period where like he was still really over, still a big deal, but also like coming towards the end of his career. So it was like, yeah. so it was, it was okay for him to be put, putting over young talent. Yes, um, the entrance, the close up of their face, yeah. the lighting of the the lantern, we're here. Exactly. And then just the way they shot it with the dark arena and, and holding the lantern up to their face, I was blown away by watching this entrance. I yeah. I, I didn't and know. It, and this was during a time I wasn't watching a lot of NXT. I didn't watch so, any NXT. I didn't have access to it at this point. So I had no idea who Bray even was. Right. And I was just like, hold. Like, and then they did, like, they laid out Kane and they did that thing with the steel steps in his head. And I was just like, this is the most effective debut. I, if we did a top seven debut list of all time, this would be on my list as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, just super memorable. I loved everything about it. I don't, not really much more to say about it. No, it was a great debut. Um, the imagery and the entrance that we got used to over the years, this is the first time we saw it. And it's still awesome after all those years. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? The uh, And everything they added to it with the... Um, the, the the rocking chair and, and the masks of the Wyatt family and all that it, it just became this awesome thing yeah and it all started on that thing too. yeah yeah they had such a great look like Luke Harper channeling that Brody Lee look still and and rolling with the mask yeah it was it was great and the theme song oh I almost pulled a U and gave the old number so, seven to the theme song I would have l- allowed that it's one of my favorite theme songs in WWE history. But I couldn't do it for the old number seven because it kind of ties into my number six. Okay. Which is Bray Wyatt's WrestleMania 30 entrance. Yeah, okay. 
probably I, I might catch heat for this. This is one of my favorite WrestleMania entrances of all time. Um, I always mix them up. Thirty is that the Scarecrows? No, that was thirty-one. Thirty was yeah. the live performance of the. Oh, theme song. okay. I do love that. Yeah. So yeah. here's kind of what my takeaway is from this, because I was really drunk and I may or may not have smoked a bit of a joint for this WrestleMania. I know you and I had drastically different experiences watching WrestleMania 30 when it happened. Uh, yeah. I was with, you know, my, my some of my very best friends on the planet up in Sudbury, Ontario, of all places where I was living. The boys made a road trip up for WrestleMania. I hadn't seen them in a while. And we we had a real good time. You know what I mean? And by the time this match happened, we were all feeling good. And when it happened, when, when they started their entrance, I turned all the lights off in the house. I had surround sound in my, my room, and we were fucking cranking it. And I just felt like, because this was in New Orleans, this WrestleMania, remember, right? And you're seeing all these crazy, like, voodoo-looking people, and they the, the masks on, and the live band is playing, looking creepy. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm thinking to myself, from a kayfabe standpoint what was bray wyatt's week like in new orleans to lead to this moment <laughs> happening you know what i mean like think about that like what his character was doing what he was seeing that week and then all of a sudden you've got the band and the mask and the fucking just the walk down and the all the lights in the superdome it was the first time you got to see the fireflies in a stadium setting this is one of the best wrestling entrances of all time. I'm not going to disagree with that. I, it would definitely be in the top three for me. At yeah. Least. Yeah. I put this above Rusev in the tank. I don't care how many times have Atlanta screwed in it. <laughs> all moving right. Solid start, solid start. Moving on to the number five. I might take some heat for the placement on this one, but I'm sticking with it. Bray Wyatt winning the WWE Championship at the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, this is about where I would put it. This was just such yeah. a nice moment. I didn't expect yeah. him to win this match. I knew like, it was kind of rumored to go like, you know, Bray was going to win it. But I didn't think they would actually do it because like Bray was just that guy that everybody thought deserved better. And would always yeah. lose on pay-per-view. He'd always lose his feuds. Like he was on like a huge pay-per-view losing streak. For a long time around this time period and just like the reaction that he got from the crowd for finally winning the title i just thought was such a great moment and you know say what you want about the next couple months that feud with him and orton i thought it was terrible i, I thought most of his feuds with orton were terrible they will not be on the list here but uh i thought this was a really nice moment for bray number four yeah, that, that's a good place oh. Yeah, I think so. Number four, one that I witnessed personally, the debut of right. The Fiend at SummerSlam. I'm still kicking my own ass for not being there that night. I, I, I went to NXT the night before. I just couldn't afford tickets to go to SummerSlam. Um, I gave a lot of thought to getting some scalp tickets. Uh, but I just didn't want to sit fucking nosebleed for SummerSlam. But now I wish... I sat nosebleed just to be in the building for that entrance. Um, it was, it was cool. the first time we saw the Fiend's entrance. Which I was, was hammered, too. I blacked out shortly after this. I blacked out halfway through Randy Orton and Kofi Kingston, but I was hammered oh for SummerSlam. 
This was cool yeah, this live was, though, man. This is uh this is one of the coolest moments in his career for sure. Um just the overall presentation of it, you know, the slow like lights going down. Yeah. And I really, you know, we can even take this a step further and talk about the Firefly Funhouse vignettes leading up to this. Um on my list, I can lie to you. Yeah, I didn't put it on my list. I'm gonna give a spoiler. It's not on my list. It came really close. But um, the vignettes were great leading up to it. It was so different. You've never seen it before. And then you have the start character. They did it it for months. Yeah. You know, it started off with Mercy the Buzzard. And then that turned into seeing Bray as this, like, Mr. Rogers character, which each week got a little bit darker, a little bit darker, a little bit darker. Can I tell you what I thought the original character was going to be? I thought he was going to be, like, a cult leader. Right. I thought that was like, I thought the kids were like, you know, like going to be like, he was just going to yeah. be like this mesmerizing, like cult leader, like Jeffrey Jones or like Jim Jones, sorry. Like, which is kind of what his original character was. Yeah. A little bit. Right. Yeah. I, that's where I thought they were yeah, going very, with it. Very, very Manson-esque. Um, and then even after this, I, I liked the follow-up to it where like Jerry Lawler would be in Memphis and the lights would slowly go down and why it would show up and hit the claw. Like, I, I thought they really booked the fiend really strong until Hell in a Cell, and then Hell in yeah. a Cell happened, and then Goldberg happened. And then Goldberg happened. Uh, and then, move- and then, and then, and then Vince and Nick with their cuts happened. Yeah, yeah, and then, uh, and then he looked like um, uh, the Toxic Avenger for a little while. Oh yeah, how about that? But my number three, he looked really cool. And a bunch of different spots of it. The Firefly Funhouse match from WrestleMania. I would not have argued with you if this was your number one. I think my number one I'm going to get heat from you for. But I think I'm going to get heat from everybody for it. This was almost my number one. And going back in hindsight, looking at my this list, I wish it was... My number one. I wish I put this at my number two. Uh, you know what? I'm going to change it on the fly. This is going to be my number two. All right. I'm going to tell you but my this, number. Okay, we'll do number three in the number two spot then. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, this I, I fucked was, up. I should have put this number two. This was one of the coolest moments of one of the weirdest WrestleManias. You know, they, they had to pull something out of their ass. They, you know, it's the first WrestleMania. We're, we're, we're fresh into this pandemic. First WrestleMania history with no fans. What do you do? And they were able to, to pull this out and give us the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. It worked. I never thought, yeah, I never thought I'd ever see anything weirder than, I remember the first time I ever watched um, the deletion match with, yeah. uh, with, 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 with Matt and Jeff. I remember watching that and being like, what the fuck did I just watch? But I knew it was something special. You know, it, it was the same thing with, with, with Bray and John Cena. Because it was so different, it was it wasn't like the deletion match. It was like this mini movie directed by fucking David Lynch. Like it was fucked. I, um, I loved watching John Cena in the NWO. They, they, all the throwbacks yeah. to the ruthless aggression, just genius, genius stuff. And I find that people either love it or they hate it. Just like the Ultimate Deletion. And I loved both of them. And uh, that's why it's my number two, even though I originally said it was my number three. Change it on the fly. Number three, that originally was number two, but is now number three. The Wyatt Family versus The Shield. Yeah. 
Uh, Elimination Chamber was the match. I'm very curious what your number one, because this would have been my number two right behind the John Cena match. My number one is going to be like, you're going to hear me say it and be like, really? And then I'm going to say why I said it. And hopefully you'll see why it's my number one. This is more of a personal favor for me as well. Uh, The Firefly Funhouse definitely makes a strong case for number one. However, these guys, that moment that they did on Raw, where they both stood on each side of the ring. Yeah. Fucking awesome. And this match, what a match these guys had. And they dominated. They dominated the Shield in this. Put, put the Wyatt family over strong. 100%. Just and to get eaten the, up by John Cena. Yeah. But it, but it was the right move. Uh-huh. The Shield didn't need that momentum. No, they did the not. Gray, the Wyatt family did, and they got it and deserved it. All right, okay. man. I, I, I have no idea. Number one, I'm kind of cheat coding a little bit. Because it's kind of two parts. Okay. My number one is anything that Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan did together. All right. I have rivalry with Daniel Bryan written down on my list. Just the magic that these guys created every single time they got in the ring. And yeah, you know what? Maybe the Firefly Funhouse should actually be the number one because it's the most Bray Wyatt thing. You know what I mean? Like. It's the most Bray Wyatt-like thing. And I did this list a little bit in a rush. So maybe in hindsight, the Firefly Funhouse should be my real number one. But don't sleep on him and Daniel Bryan. They've had two amazing feuds together. They had the one feud where Bryan joined the Wyatt family to try to destroy it from the inside, which led to, in my opinion, the one of the greatest moments in Monday Night Raw history inside the steel cage where Brian finally turned on Bray and the crowd. I've never seen a crowd like that in my life next to maybe Hogan and rock at WrestleMania. That crowd was out of control. Then they have an amazing match at the Royal rumble that year as well, uh, which people forget about very, very awesome match. Then you fast forward all the way to the fiend stuff that Brian and Bray did together. People forget about that spot where Bray pulled Brian under the ring and ripped his hair out. Like that was crazy, man. Then they had two great pay-per-view matches. They had the strap match at the Royal rumble. I believe they had a great match at survivor series as well that year. I could be wrong though on that one. I just love everything that they did together. So you know what? In hindsight, I'll say firefly Funhouse really should be number one. I'll move it down again on the fly. Number one, firefly Funhouse. This is my number two by far, though. I think that Daniel Bryan right. is, is Bray Wyatt's it's greatest def- opponent of all time. It's definitely on my list. It, it, for me, it'd be more in the three or four spot, but it's definitely in the list for sure. It's my number two. That's it. Number one, Firefly <laughs> Funhouse. Doing it on the fly. I co-host this show. It's my list. I'll do what I want, <laughs> all right? Haven't done a list in a while. <laughs> oh, oh, I get so much heat when I say that. <laughs> all right um i have only two left over that you haven't mentioned okay so i have two honorable mentions one is from uh summer slam 2014 where he de- fought and defeated chris jericho okay great match yeah absolutely a great match and i think beating they, somebody like jericho gave him a lot of momentum they had a great cage match as well and my other one 
my other one was him uh, doing a run-in and costing Roman Reigns the Money in the Bank match in 2015. Great moment as well. I also enjoyed his run-in on Moxley and Hell in a Cell with the lantern. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That one I put on my I, – I don't have many honorable mentions either. No, yeah, um, those are my two. I've got, I've got two more after the Moxley one. The very beginning stages of Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss – was so good. It started out phenomenal. I don't um, like where it, it went. It ended out horribly. But the, the uh, beginning month or two was so good. Yeah, and uh, I, I really enjoyed his tag team with Matt Hardy. Me too. Me too. I meant to put that on my list. Their their deletion match was great. I it was fun. It. Their tag team was great. They played off yeah. each other well. Yeah. The, those are the only honorable mentions I have. I know we're missing a bunch of stuff because Bray, but Bray's like that guy that does so many cool things, but they're on like Raws. Like he, he doesn't like get those big shine moments as much as he should, like he did at Extreme Rules this time. So I'm happy he got well, that moment. Now that he's back, um, may, I don't think, you know, in a few years, we might be able to do a whole new list. You know, um, the, the, the sky's the limit. He's still young. Like he's still like what, 30, like, 32 33 like he's not old uh-huh. and he's got a, a hell of a career left in him um and hopefully papa h as he called him uh, treats him well and uh you know gives him gives him that place to shine because he deserves it yeah i agree with and, you man and, and let's be fucking honest man in the last 10 years maybe a guy who's more over he's like he's fucking over he is over. He always he always Dan- has been. Daniel Bryan's the only guy that comes to my mind off the top of my head. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, that 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 pop at the pay per view last night was tremendous. It was massive. Let's see where they go with it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. That's all I got for this week. Um, so, what do you think next week? Uh, should we do one more interview? Um, I was originally going to say we could do Steve Bourne next week, but eh, we bumped him enough. Let's bump him again. Next week, we are going to be joined by WWE Hall of Famer and pretty much every other wrestling Hall of Fame that's in existence to mankind Hall of Famer, uh, regarded as one of the greatest world champions in the history of professional wrestling. Mike and I got to sit down with the legendary... Dory Funk Jr. from the legendary Funk family. We have a fun conversation with Dory. What an honor. What an honor to talk to Dory. Because of the very busy life I lead, um, there's been quite a few interviews that I have had to miss out on that you that you have been able to do without me. Um, that or my fucking Wi-Fi cuts out in the middle of a fucking interview and I miss Jordan Grace. Yeah. I love you so much. Which also, um, which well, you know, let's put her over too. She did end up. She did end up messaging you on on Instagram. She, did. she came she through did. on her word. She's such a sweetheart. I love her to death, man. She's awesome. <laughs> but I am so happy and pleased that I didn't have to miss because let's let, let, let's pull the curtain back here. The Dory Funk interview took a lot of work. They they kept. Dory had to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. We we push it a couple times. Dory yeah. pushed it a couple times. It took us like so, five months of work to, to do this interview. So there were so many times that they would have a date and I'd be like, I can't do that. 
there were so many times where I, I wasn't going to be able to be on that interview. And then all of a sudden, the, the actual day comes. I was able to do it. Out of all the interviews we've done, I'm so happy I was able to be in there because, man, it was like being under the learning tree. How many times can you say that you've had, you've like sat down and had a conversation with somebody so learned about the business and so knowledgeable about the business and has been in the business as long as he has and 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 just done the things he's done in that business yeah. has had the you know told the stories he's told been around you know had feuds with, that he's had like the funks and the pon erics holy shit like the funks and everybody the, like the funks are one of the most hated yet celebrated teams in history um i can't wait for you guys to hear this interview because dory's fantastic well I got nothing else to say this week, man. Tune in next week for Dory Funk Jr. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page at Countout7. Mike, why don't you go ahead and take us home? Let me in. We're here. <laughs>